Welcome to the podcast Meet Sandvik Employee Stories. This is a podcast where you get to meet one of our many talented employees at Sandvik. My name is Martin Blomgren. I'm the Press Relations Manager at Sandvik. And in this episode, you will meet someone that knows most there is to know about electric heating. Welcome to the podcast, Dilip Chandrasekharan, Head of R&D at our division Kantal, which is a part of the business area Sandvik Materials Technology. Thank you, Martin. Glad to be in this podcast. Glad to have you here. And uh, here means, since we are still at Corona times, that we are actually not at the same place. We're ke- keeping a safe distance. I'm, I'm at my home outside Stockholm right now. Uh, where are you, Dilip? Yeah, I'm in my living room, actually, in, in, in Västerås. That's about an hour from Stockholm. Uh, not too far from our main site. Okay. Halstammar, yeah. Because that is where you are situated uh, normally with your... Office, yeah, exactly. Right? So that's where the where Kantal Division has its main site and where the where the R and D is as well. So it's about it's about fifteen twenty minutes drive from from my home. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, well, let's start with tell me tell me about your journey to to where you are today at uh, the position you have. How how did you end up there uh, at Kantal? Yeah, I mean, if we if we go back a little bit, I I, I mean, I've had interest in in science and material science uh, at a young age, and I, I studied those uh, educations and I actually applied to Kantal and Sandvik more than 25 years ago uh, when mm-hmm. I was a newly graduated engineer but unfortunately it was I, I didn't succeed in convincing people to to, to start there so I, I, I took the long way I actually started another Swedish steel company first worked there for some years and then I went back to the university to uh, do more research did my PhD and then I, I, I joined at Kantal then actually as a at the research department as an engineer so that was so it took some time for me to come back come to the company in a, in a way and then and then from that that time on i've been at r&d but in different roles then so uh, i started as an engineer working with our research and product development projects and then i got a chance to become a manager for a unit uh, after some years and since 2011 then i'm i'm head of r&d for for the Cantal division now. It was a little bit different names in the past were had different organizations, but I, I more or less had that role for the last nine years then. All right. Seems that you were very motivated to to come to uh, Cantal. Yeah, I mean and, and also Sandvik because uh, as a material scientist that was those that Sandvik is a company that you 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 would like to work for since yeah. that's a kind of a dream for a material scientist and, and then uh, it Maybe it's it's I was motivated, but also sometimes it's it's how things play out. It happened to be it fit, fits fitted in well in a, in a way when I came back to Cantal with, with other things. So yeah. uh, it's 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 both chance, but also I was I was keen on coming back to yeah. to this kind of area. But do do you remember what your impression of Sandvik and Cantal was uh, before it started? Yeah, I think Sandvik is, is a bit easier because that from the time that you were in university, you 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 knew about Sandvik as a company that was leading in material science in Sweden, that had a lot of research, and we came into contact. So I think I had a pretty good idea on, about Sandvik. Uh, I had very little idea about Cantal, actually, uh, prior to joining. And it was more, because it was a small part, and, and I, heard, yeah. I got to know about it a few years before, uh, when I was I heard a presentation by, actually, one of my predecessors uh, who talked about this area, and then I got really interested. So that was, for me, a new before before I joined, I hardly knew about Kantal. I, okay. I have to say, Sandvik, yes, that's that's uh, much more. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the impression has it changed in any way, or was it was it like you thought it would be? I think when it comes to Sandvik, it's it's uh, the impression hasn't changed. It's not rather become more. I mean, I knew that the, Sandvik was a company that was a lot of resources and and uh, interesting jobs within mm-hmm. the field research, and that's I mean that's only been uh, strengthened over the years. Uh, and then of course Cantal, I didn't know much about, but what I've kind of uh, changed over the years is that the the big thing with these companies is that all the great people you work with. And that's hard to understand before, but the the diversity and the people all around the world with different that's I think one of the things that I, I, I kind of uh, learned more about, and also the interesting areas that that these companies work in. Uh-huh. I didn't ha- I didn't have the idea of the full width of all the <laughs> different parts. No, we we do a lot of things. You learn that as as you go along yeah. in the company. But yeah. but when you talk to to people and tell outside outside the group and tell tell them that you work at Cantal, are they uh, familiar with that? It is a part of Sandvik, or is is that still something that you uh, often have to explain? Uh, you depending on who you meet, but but you often have to explain because I mean, part of Sandvik is one thing, but most people don't really know what Cantal does, mm, mm. Uh, and then you have to explain a little bit on on. on connected to our, some of the household applications, ap- appliances. And then they start to understand, oh, but what's used in your homes? That's actually, you know, electric heating is a key part. Mm. I think it's a little bit similar for Sandvik and SMT because of Sandvik material technology. Since many of the things you see around, you take for granted. And then you realize that, oh, but this is made of steel or this is a product that's been on the steps, earlier steps, you've been using technology that's Sandvik is involved. Mm-hmm. So it's it's usually good good dialogue to have with somebody, and then you open up their eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's I think we have more to do there. Our products don't go to the consumer, which which is I mean it's easy to explain an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's harder to say that about the glass in the iPhone. That's actually a, a important product which we are part of, mm-hmm. and then you can get the connection to to more what people understand. Yeah. And one product that you made uh, that is quite spectacular uh, is uh, the world's fastest pizza oven. That was part of a, a Cantal campaign earlier this year. Very fascinating. But uh, I guess that is not the, the normal task you do on an on a ordinary day. So can you just briefly tell uh, what does a normal day look like in, in the role you have? Yeah, I mean, that was a very special thing. Uh, a normal day... It's uh, that's I guess one thing is is that it, it's very different things happen. It's it's not uh, that you have a very routine things things pop up and and change things. But normally what I'm involved in is is uh, driving development projects uh, and getting involved in that and more on on steering them on, on where should you put our resources, mm-hmm. see that they go forward with the right speed uh, to get new products out. Also a lot in research uh, side because we do a lot of external research and internal research. So we work with a number of different partners uh, collaborating on things. So And those projects are usually, we're very heavily involved in them. And, and, and it's one of my roles to see that we, as a company, then are, are getting what we want from that and, and can learn most from those projects and drive them in the right direction. I mean, we're involved in, in external research in Sweden, in European Union projects, and so on. So that's the important part is to be active and, and, and uh, get the most out of those mm-hmm. And then you the, mean then to, maybe, to to prioritize correctly with the resources. Uh. Yeah, exactly, and, and and also to see that we are working in the right areas. Are we 
since R&D is, is something that you work for the future, are mm-hmm. we doing the things that we will gain from five, ten years from now? And that's not always ho- easy to know today, but at least that we are working in the right areas and that we're kind of shifting our, our focus depending on how the company is, is going forward. I mean, mm-hmm. now we have a lot of focus, for example, on additive manufacturing, which is a coming upcoming technology, and we need to build knowledge around that to be prepared going forward. Mm-hmm. I also spend quite a lot of time of, of my time you know, discussing with co-workers and, and talking to my uh, colleagues in how we work and how to help them forward as well. Because the, the important, I mean, the, the, the big strength in the company is all the people in it who have mm-hmm. all the knowledge. So how can we help them you know, work, facilitate their, their day in a, in a way? So mm-hmm. that's what I would say the main part of my day-to-day work. You mentioned the, the 3D printing or additive manufacturing. How, how mature is that uh, in your business? Is, is it something that is very much for the future or is it something that you already can utilize in, in products and, and projects? Yeah, it's, that's a good question. Uh, I would say somewhere in between because we, 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 we already have solutions and products around this you know, in, in this Cantos area. Uh, but it's still quite quite early days, and we're in many ways kind of pioneering this. We're, we're first on, on many of these. Uh, our materials haven't been printed before, and uh, some of the solutions are quite new. So I, I still think it's it's more for the future. Mm. But I also believe that, that that those that kind of set the tone now and, and, and learn and understand technology can also lead the development going forward. It's also a matter of sometimes being first to kind of get uh, protect your IP and so on. So... It, it's building knowledge and things will happen. I think a lot of things will happen in this area coming mm. 10 years. And in some areas, it's much more mature. But in our field, there's, it's still for the future. But, but really interesting since so many things happen in this field every day. So uh, what was true yesterday is not really going to be there tomorrow. So that requires that we have to, be, we have to actually invest in this. Mm. Yeah, it will be really exciting to follow the, the development in that area. Um, well, about the pizza campaign, what, what has the what was the reaction from colleagues and, and customers and so on? Uh, it's been a very very positive uh, feedback, I must say, from from colleagues, especially a lot of people have seen it, uh, and also a lot of uh, reactions from customers and also potentially customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, more people that have actually got in contact and have seen the campaign and are interested in in the campaign by itself, but also in actually the products and and the the materials. So I think it gives us an opportunity to talk to new segments, actually. And I think we actually just we're just exploring this still. So I mean, I actually talked to somebody in the uh, at work a few weeks ago uh, who had colleagues in another area that had seen the campaign, and mm-hmm. they were working with food delivery, and, and and they were using our campaign as a as a commercial or an ad for them to sell furnaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, with electric heating, so I think that the spin-off effects is is quite interesting to see where it ends up. Uh, I must say, I, I I was I wasn't sure before, but but it's been a very interesting way of approaching in another other segments than what we usually used to. Mm-hmm. So let's see where it. I I I think that these kind of campaigns could be worth in the future as well to kind yeah. of awaken people's uh, mind about you know what we can do with with our our solutions and products. Yeah, it's it's as you mentioned. If if you don't have consumer products, it's it's a bit hard to to break through the noise. So uh, very, very uh, interesting to hear that that it's succeeded in that way. Mm. But but just to make it clear, you're not 
planning to mass produce pizza ovens, right? It's uh... no, no, no. That's not our, our. We're not that company at all. We 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 would love to work with people working on developing kind of furnaces and so on, and and we also want to show what can be done with our materials and solutions. So to kind of say that nothing is impossible, really. Yeah. Um, it's more that, and that, that I think we've kind of achieved. So where is the the pizza oven today? Is it in your in your kitchen yeah, it, or? No, it's sitting in in the in the R and D building, uh, in the same building that I I work in. Uh, and we were actually joking about it at R and uh, with my colleagues that maybe next time we have a department day, we can we can use it to <laughs> uh, bake pizzas. If you, if you, it's not so mobile today, but basically it can be mounted on. And you can take it outside, and and if you have a, if you have a current, you can plug into power. Then then you can actually use it for making the pizzas because the pizzas were really delicious in that. I, I tasted yeah. them, and uh, was... I hope you send me an invite before that yeah, party. Yeah, I'll do that. Good. <laughs> uh, but on another note, you uh, you actually uh, got a, a really uh, prestigious award this spring. You got the very first Seeker Johansson Sustainability Award for the solution gas to electric. Uh, can you just briefly explain what, what that solution means in practice and, and also what the award has, has meant for, uh, can mean for Cantal going forward? Yeah, it, the gas electric area is, is, is a broad name uh, and that's something we are working most actively within, within Cantal then. And so it's really great to see that we, we got this uh, award. And, and what it means is that it, what we try to do is we try to help our, our customers convert their fossil heated heating solutions with electric heating solutions. So this could be different cases. Uh, it could be different industries. But basically what we do is we convert, we, we help them go from something that's producing CO2 emissions and, and, uh, and using fossil fuels to something that you can use electricity then. And if then your electric power is, is, is very renewable, like in Sweden or Nordic countries, mm-hmm. then you have a very uh, CO2 neutral production of your products. And that's very attractive in, in, in for many customers. And, and the benefits of this is that besides the fact that you are removing CO2 emissions is that you get a more efficient heating. So when you, when you heat with, typically when you heat with gas or fossil fuel, a lot of the energy you put in doesn't go into the products. It goes into this heat and, and other waste. Electric heating, you can direct it directly to the actual process you want to heat. Uh, and you have also different level of control, and you can save energy. So it's a lot of good arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this campaign, uh, it's a various range of products and applications. And that's what got the award then. Uh, and I think your question about the award, I mean, it's g- great uh, that, we, that it gets recognized and we can use this as a way to, you know, say that we, uh, I mean, understand that we're on the right way and we can use it as, in a marketing way and so on. So I think it's, it's really, uh, it shows that this is valued and, and there will be value going forward in this, I think. So it, it's, yeah, it's really nice that we got the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a very, very good. Actually, it's a very interesting thing that Sandvik started up with this sustainability award. It's right. I mean, it, it's it's the time for this. I think now we have the Hogland Award. That's also a very prestigious product development one. And and I think this is it's great that we have the sustainability award with another part of Sandvik's uh, heritage mm-hmm. connected to it. I agree, and congratulations for being in the history books for the very first uh, award. Then, yeah. Um, as head of R and D, you you have a team of employees uh, that you're responsible of, and uh, and as a leader, how would you describe your your leadership style? 
Yeah, I, I've totally thought a little bit about this uh, before, and, and and I mean, I I believe strongly in engagement, uh, high level engagement, involvement in in them with them at employees, that everybody feels kind of ownership and responsibility for where we're going. Uh, and to do this, you have to be very open and transparent where we are, and and kind of believe in people. Uh, and and I mean, I really believe in people who are passionate, and you know like what they're doing. Uh-huh. But I think that since we are so few uh, individuals, everyone counts and everyone has to contribute and come with ideas and, and take initiatives. It's, it's, we will not, otherwise it will, it will not work going forward because we, are, we have to, everybody has to be part of it and feel engaged. That, that for me is key and to create the atmosphere where we have that, that's my main, uh-huh. main task. And the last thing I, I think is, or maybe not the last, but least important is that I think the one one success factor is that that people should enjoy working with each other. I mean, yeah. enjoy working with their colleagues, ex- uh, and uh, enjoy the workplace, and get freedom to work on things. Uh, I think for us that's been a success factor. People like going to work. They they stay stay on the job. They get to develop there, and then uh, that also gives that also means that they can they contribute and produce and and, de- and deliver stuff. Uh, so okay, engagement, passion, and then actually have fun. Mm. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, and given the situation we have now, where work from home is uh, the new normal at the moment, at least, how has that affected you, or has that affected how you uh, you lead your organization to reach all those uh, yeah. those factors that you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a challenge, I think, for sure. And, and I think we learned a lot these six months that. That you've been working from home. Uh, some things are actually positive that it actually works working from home. Some some meetings and some discussions are much more efficient actually in this way, and people save time by not traveling and, and mm. they can get their pers- private lives working together. But what I think we miss out is all the discussions you know around the coffee machine, that spontaneous discussions. You meet somebody and solve a problem. Uh, you get an idea with somebody else. For me, we have to work out how do we do this in a good way digitally with teams it doesn't yeah. really uh, so that's and also my leadership style is that I, I like to be at the office and, and, and uh, talk to people on site you know w- walk into people's rooms and discuss and then you get a good idea what they're working on and that kind of management style doesn't work by teams uh, mm-hmm. so we try to do things around it we have virtual uh, fika for example w- virtual coffee breaks mm-hmm. we try to have virtual afterworks uh, we tried to have some kind of open discussion also on the on the digital format, but we also realized that we have to, you know, in this time now, see that we can actually meet sometimes. Not everybody at the same time, but 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 part of us in a controlled way, uh, and we're working on that kind of, excuse me, way to go back to partly. Uh, we, I don't think things will be the same as they were before, but we had to find a way in between as well, mm-hmm. also meet face to face because some things, some discussions, some some. Some things don't work uh, the same way with teams, so it's been a very uh, it's been a very interesting time, and, and a lot of things we've learned, and actually things that are positive as well to take with us. Yeah. Uh, because one thing with the, with the working from home, but we've also had shorter working weeks since we have we have we have kind of gone down working hours, and that means we also have to focus and prioritize, and that's been a good thing for us also to learn that when you have to do that, what is most important. And how do we how do we get the most out of it? And I think that we can actually take with us going mm. forward. Yeah. Uh, so choosing yeah. the trying to choose the best parts of this special situation yeah. going forward. Uh, 
exactly yeah. will be the the way forward. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that this should also give rise to new digital tools and solutions. I mean, the, the other companies are developing ways of doing that so we can actually handle these thing, things even better going forward. Oh. Uh, so I think that will also spark off things. And, and uh, I think that's going to be interesting to see where that, that leads us in the future. Yeah. Uh, on a more personal note, Philip, uh, when you're not uh, working on, on uh, pizza ovens or uh, <laughs> 3D printing or, or other uh, exciting projects, what, what hobbies or special interests do you... Uh, spend your time on. Yeah, I, I I like to spend quite a lot of time with with uh, with the family and 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 uh, being together. And we often, especially in the summer times uh, or on the autumn times, we like to go and go in the forest in Sweden. So we're a lot go for walks and hikes in the in the woods. Uh, I think that's fantastic opportunity you have in Sweden to do that, and and that gives me a lot of energy and it's always great. I, I like to do, I like to also to more about and, and do sports uh, I mean go to the gym and go to cycling and so on I try to keep keep that That's, that also gives a lot of energy there and the third third thing I could say is music uh, both me and right. my wife are really interested in in classical music and, and uh, we have a we usually go to a lot of concerts and and so on it's been a little bit tough now with, with, the, with the corona it's, it's been more digital mm-hmm. uh, I also play the violin so, so that's ah, uh, something that play an orchestra and and also that has been hard to do now because we haven't had any, we can't rehearse because of the, <laughs> but that's, that's one main interest then. So, yeah, so you're, you have to rehearse yourself then. In... Yeah, exactly. And that's harder. It's always harder to have your, it's easier when you have a group of people and you have to prepare for a concert. Now it's, it's more self-discipline that needs to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you, did you grow up in, in Westeros and, and walked in the woods there when you were small? Is that no, where the no. outdoor... No, no, no. Actually, I, I grew up in India, so I came to Sweden when I was a kid. But uh, this is something I actually, over the years, uh, we have a summer place not too far away from here. And then it's very nice woods there. So we go out for mushroom picking or, or picking berries and or just walking, uh, hiking and so on, which mm-hmm. is uh, also in the, up north in Sweden. It's it's fantastic uh, regions to go walking for. And that's also something that that's something I re- re- I'm really interested in and, and want to do more. So how old how old were you when you came from India? Then? Uh, I was around ten. Okay. So uh, my first ten years, I, I was brought up and lived in India. Totally different life, you could say. And and then from there, I've been uh, living in Sweden yep. first outside Stockholm, and then then um, here in Västerås. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's. But I've been in Sweden for a long time now, so it's it's. Um, I feel very Swedish, but I also have a strong Indian yeah. heritage and origin. And do you have the language with you still? Yeah, I, I can speak one of the... India has a lot of languages, but I can speak one one of the languages, uh, actually. And, and of course, it's hard to practice that. It's only with my parents and my family a little bit, my brother. But but um, So you lose a little bit. Mm. But I, I, I usually try to practice when I go back and, and uh, visit family and friends. So, uh, yeah, that's good. That I try to keep that up, but it's, yeah. it's harder. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I usually uh, used to, to to finish it off with uh, trying to get some hidden talent out of of the persons I interview, and now you you mentioned the violin, that yeah. uh, I guess is is a bit hidden from from many of uh, or your colleagues. But uh, yeah, any, any I think they, yeah, I mean they know about the violin. I play in orchestra, but the thing that they don't know maybe is that I also play uh, connected violin. I, I can play a classical Indian violin. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's heard that outside the home. 
<laughs> and I, I started learning that as a kid. Uh, so I, I play that. And in that, that form of music, it's a lot of improvisation. Wow. So uh, I, I think I'm rather good in kind of picking up. So you, 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 you hear something and you have to repeat it. And that's a talent I, I picked up over the years. It, it's hard. I, I don't know a good word in, in English. I think it's play by ear or something. Uh, it's called jehör in Swedish. Yeah. So uh, and that's something that, that, that indie music is based on. Which I and I try to keep that up actually and mm-hmm. practice only by myself because there's no orchestra or, or, or somebody else to play with. But so that's a way of for me to keep some kind of uh, contact with my roots and, yeah. and uh, practice and, and stay on with it. So that's I don't think that many people know about. No, I didn't even know that that instrument was uh, uh, was <laughs> existed. In so no, yeah. so, so it, how, it, how does it, 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 does it look different from a normal? No, no, it's a, it's the same violin. It's only different. Uh, you t- you tune it differently, uh, and it's a different scale and so on. Uh, and, and the violin came to India 250 years ago or something, uh, 150 years ago maybe. But but uh, and then it's used regularly in, in in Indian music as a as one of the instruments. So the, in- the instrument is the same. Uh, it's tuned differently. Of course, the music is different. Yeah. So I have two violins at home. One one for playing Western violin and one for for the Indian violin. So I don't have to keep changing the tune and so on. Oh. Otherwise, it's, and you and you sit on the floor and play. That's the difference. Oh. You don't stand. Super interesting. I look forward to to coming to the pizza party and listening to you improvising on the the Indian violin. Yeah. Let's so. see if we can have that sometime <laughs> when when everything is over. Good. So, uh, Dilip, thank you so much for being part of the podcast and sharing your thoughts on on Katal and on your role and some private uh, uh, insights as well. Thank you. Thank you.